Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we welcome you in our Warriors Weekly Podcast, John Dickinson and Matt Steinmetz. It's episode number three and Steiny. Uh, I know you had an up-close and, and personal look at the Steph show from last night as he goes for 50 against the Hawks. This Warriors team is 9-1 and one, and another third quarter explosion that has people talking about 2015 or 2016. I know we've kind of downplayed that, but this team keeps having moments that, that make you think that maybe they could be onto something special. You know what? I think, I think it's becoming apparent that they've got, they've got something. they got chemistry, a vibe, an understanding – it really looks like they all like each other. They're having fun. And that can win you a lot of games during the regular season. You know what I mean? And uh, I'll tell you what the, the biggest thing I noticed last night, and you're right, I, I, great seats to the game. I haven't been that low for a game in a long time. I'll tell you, the, I, I, am, I was blown away by how big Seth Curry is. And how strong he's gotten. He is strong. I mean, his arms and his body is just, you know, I just, I always remember when he came into the league, he was scrawny. He was scrawny. And now, like, he's making Trey Young look that way. Uh, and Trey Young is that way. But, like, Curry, Curry's got a size advantage on a lot of guys that you don't really, uh, you don't really notice. And then his ability to play off the ball. That, yeah, he was good last night. Here's a, hey, let me ask you this, and I know this is a little, little off the track. You know how when you're watching a game on TV and the announcer goes, ah, Curry with 20 at half, and then he goes, ah, he got Curry with 30. When you're at the game and you're not being fed box scores and information, like, I'm telling you, it was like a quiet 50. Well, I, I swear to God, like, I didn't really notice. Yeah, it – I was monitoring it early, and I'll go back because I, I knew you had good seats last night, and, and Curry scored the first 10 for the Warriors. And, look, this was a big game. I mean, we were talking about how – I think I said to you during the day yesterday uh, on the day of the Hawks game, hey, this feels like this the biggest game of the year to this point or the second biggest game or or, the, or maybe one of three in the first 10 that I'm, I'm looking forward to. And I hit you – when Curry hit the first shot of the game and he had 10 and I said, uh Oh, and it was the, uh Oh, like there was just a vibe to him right away. 
The Hawks were in town. They were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Trey Young's a terrific young player, but there was an element of Steph from the tip saying, this is my house. Yeah. This is my team. This is my league. And Trey, you're a hell of a young player, and and your day is maybe here and going to continue to come, but I'm going to be the headliner tonight, not y'all. Yeah, I I mean, it's a guy who's the best player on the court, and he knows he's the best player on the court, and he was he was great last night. I mean, uh, it, you know what? I, and I was thinking about this too, man. It, you know, like. How many times have we watched Curry play? I was thinking about this. A thousand? A thousand games has he played for the Warriors? Let's see. 80 times 10 playoff. Maybe not quite a thousand. Maybe 750. You could look it up. And I'm like, Yeah, seven. I got it right here, actually. Okay. I was I was digging into some other Steph numbers. It's it's 766. Uh actually 772 in the regular season. 772. Okay. So he's probably up around 200 playoff games, too. So I, what I'm getting at is we've probably seen Curry play upwards of 800 to 1,000 times, and that's a sign of greatness like what he did last night. You hadn't seen it before. Now, he's scored 50 before, but it, it does lead you to believe how long can he do this and and not not like he doesn't have a lot of time left, more like can he really do this for two or three more years? Well, it, it reminded me – of and look Steve Nash at the point where he had the two MVPs with with Phoenix he was already a, a pretty good player but he had done nothing up until that point like Stephen Curry has done up until this point but it it kind of reminds me just from a from a timeline standpoint Steiny of of Nash where you know, he was starting to get up there a little bit. And I guess he wasn't quite as old. I mean, I, he, you tend to think of him as maybe as old as old as Curry is now. But it, it just, you know, the, the game ages well, uh, I guess, is right. what I'm getting right. at. And here's there's so many takeaways off of the Hawks game and, and leading into the first 10 as a whole. Some of the conversation last night among those in the media – is Steph a more complete player? And I know Marcus Thompson of The Athletic, I think, wrote a column uh, that dropped this morning uh, as we record this about that. Uh, the 57 and 10, he's averaging a little under 28 points per game. He's averaging 6.6 .6 rebounds a game, 6.6 .6 assists. Now, look, he's averaged eight and a half assists before, but his defense seemingly is getting praised at a level that it hasn't been. I mean, is Steph, in a way, a more complete player? Do you buy that? And and in what areas do you see it? I know strength is something you mentioned, which could be a big part of it, and the longevity. You know what? It, yes, I would be my answer. I do think he's as complete as he's ever been. He... His role that like, and the reason I say that JD is because when he was playing with Clay and Durant, he was great, but he didn't have to be great. You know what I mean? He kind of has to be great. He's had to be great last year, and I, I get it that he's not off to a, he went off to a great start before last night's game, but there's a consistent a consistency level he's got to play at for this team to be good, and I always think. 
you know, I always like to make the differentiation between playing well or playing badly and shooting badly. He's had some poor shooting nights for him. But the fact is the, the other parts of his game are like he's under he's, he's in so much control right now. You know what I mean? It's it's there's it's not confidence, but there's just something where when he was playing with Durant, there was always this, you know, should we go to KD? You know, should is it my turn kind of thing? And and now it's just clear if something needs to get done, Steph can do it. And it it could be anything. It could be hitting a three, getting a rebound, leading the break himself and hitting another three. You know what I mean? So I, I do think that he's he's doing more now than I think he did during the championship years. Yeah, At least and, in the first 10 games. And and I think you know, the Warriors have, have found that sweet spot, just if you compare last year to this year, to where he has the freedom to go off, they need him to go off, but yet there's still enough other players that can help in different ways to where it adds up to more winning. And, and right. I think that's part of – you know, where this, where I, I want to take back the Steve Nash comp because I was looking up Nash's numbers here where you were talking. Even in the two MVP years, he was 31 and 32. We'd be, okay. talking, we'd t- be talking about Steph being 33 and 34 if you go back to last year when he finished third. And and I don't think you could, I mean, it, look, if the Warriors are going to play, it, it, it wouldn't have made, you know, it wouldn't have been a crock. Yeah, right. It, exactly. And, and look, if the Warriors are going to play at a 60 win pace this year, or close to it. And Steph puts up the numbers he's putting up, he's winning the freaking MVP. Like all of the things that didn't work for him last year are working for him this year in terms of, the, I mean, the win yeah. record, win loss record. He's probably, the, he's probably the league MVP right now. Yeah. I would think. Even though his numbers are, I mean, he's still averaging 28 or 29, but yeah, if the, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. If, so just, if the Warriors, they win 50 plus, he's going he's gonna to be right there. Yeah, and he's got the what? momentum that he didn't have last year. But just to, to wrap up the Nash point, sometimes you forget, Steve Nash only averaged 15 and a half points in 2004, 2005. Uh, 18.8 in 2006. Now he was averaging 12, 12 and 11 assists, and, and obviously those are accounting for buckets. But Nash had that run, those first really four years in Phoenix where he was just he was just unreal. But and that was 31, 32, 33, 34. Right. Uh, in terms of age, but we're still talking again, 16 and 12, 18 and 11, 18 and 12, uh, 19 and 12. Like the, the, the numbers are just not even in the same stratosphere. Curry took it to the next, like hit the next phase of Steve Nash, which to me, he's like, you know, Steve Nash was a bona fide passer who could score if he needed to. Curry's a scorer. Who can pass? I mean, that's the one thing. And and I think people take it the wrong way because they think it's a a limiting characteristic. Steph Curry's a scorer. Like, first and foremost, he can score. But then when you look at the other stuff, like he can also make plays for for other guys when he when he gets the ball. So um, you know, he says Steve Nash was Steve Nash and Reggie Miller were his favorite players. And I just think he's kind of Steve Nash, except he's 
he's like got a not a not an Iverson mentality, but he's got a scores mentality playing like Steve Nash. And he's just I mean, I, what I, the thing I'm curious about is what do you think's going on with I, I know they're experimenting, but what's going on with his minutes, do you think? Yeah. I'm watching I, last night's game and it's he's out and then he's back in and I just I don't think, like what they've done with him in the past. It is, and I, I think it's probably gonna get it, it seems a little convoluted right now, to yeah. be honest. It, it almost it feels a little too start and stop. Like he's in, he's out, he's back in, maybe he's gotta come out again. Right. I think the one thing just kind of reading the tea leaves, I, I I think what Steve Kerr's trying to do is make sure in the first quarter that he's gonna he's gonna buy a couple of minutes, pay it forward almost. I think. Yeah. Instead of him playing all twelve, it's gonna be nine maybe of the twelve, and he's still gonna finish the quarter. And now it sets you up to. Maybe you start him in the second quarter and you give him a little run, and then it eliminates an area of the game, although they did get wrecked in that area of the game in the second quarter last night. Atlanta really took it to him, even right. up on the floor, but it, it eliminates that area of the game where the opponent can attack you when you know going into a game that he's not going to be out there. Right. And then I th- it's, it's almost, I think, going to be managed differently in two halves. Like I, I think in the second half, Steve Kerr may decide, now nah, you know what, I'm going to play him the whole third and try and buy time. Like, there's just more options, I think, nightly if you pay it forward a little bit early to manage it later. And then and then if you wind up turning the game into a blowout, he's right. not going to play that much anyway. So you're just kind of – you're just not putting yourself in a position where you're so locked in to have to – are you going to bring him back at 10? Are you going right. to bring him back at 8? Are you going to bring him back at 6? you almost eliminate that from the conversation with the way they're trying to go about it right now. Yeah. No, I, I, I think there's definitely something to that. I also try to take notice of who's coming in for Steph and who's on the floor. And, you know, the one, the first sub, I think, well, they brought Iguodala in a lot of times and now subbing for Steph. That it's, makes sense. Cause it's Peyton though. Peyton's the guy. Like Peyton, right, I mean, right. yeah, Peyton's the guy right now. And then they play Peyton and Poole, and you got some defense to offset Poole. And yeah, Iguodala's always going to come in for Wiggins, and then Bialitsa now is right. in for Looney. And it's just different looks, man, and and balance. Uh, I didn't mean to jump in on you there, but no. it, just, it it goes to just the the versatility that this team has I, I wanted to talk a little bit about just the the game against the Hawks specifically sure. because Trey Young I mean Steph was going off from the jump and then Trey Young was having his way he was getting into the lane he was doing all the things that Trey Young does he was pulling up uh, John Collins was was getting whatever he wanted inside uh and the Warriors were having a hard time defending the Hawks it looked like right. all right this is a team that can do some things offensively that's athletic uh, in terms of their bigs. Trey's kind of going wild, but Steph's going toe-to-toe with him. Uh, but then the defensive adjustment from the Warriors. We'll talk about a box and one against Trey last night, a 41-20 third quarter. What did you think of the defensive adjustments when the Hawks looked like they were going to maybe go for 120 last night? Yeah, you know – 
Is that what did, – did they talk about a box-and-one? They did. Gary Payton the second after the game said, we started running a box-and-one on Trey, and basically they, they couldn't handle it. And it was, it was helping him defend him because – because I mean, look, Gary Payton's been a revelation defensively. Right. Trey Young cooked him in the first right. half. Right. Well, like – but this is the thing about – this is the difference between Trey Young and, and Steph Curry. If you play a box and one on Steph Curry, he's he's just as good without the ball. Like you almost can't play a box and one on him because that's just like man to man defense in a way. Trey Young, if you take him box and one, he's not as good. I mean, he, he can't. He doesn't move without the ball. He's not as strong as Steph. So the box and one will will probably take a take more out of him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, Trey Young is able to be limited more than Curry is. And, you know, there's just – there's no doubt about it. The Hawks, to me, are, are interesting because I think I have two things are going on with the Hawks right now, and I don't want to make it into a Hawks podcast, but um, it's clear that, look, they're not an Eastern Conference finalist, all right? They got there last year, and – it's the classic curse of it was the year before the year. They got good a year before they really should have, and now what's going to happen? I, I, you know, so I think I think one thing that's absolutely happening is they're realizing, you know, we were still only a forty-win team last year, whatever, over five hundred, and we we they didn't even have a first they didn't even have home court in the first round, so they're figuring out that like. They're not playing as hard as they were to get to that point last year. I also think they have too many players right now. Like they, they have guys playing twenty-two minutes that probably want to play thirty minutes, and I, I, I think they're going to have to dwindle it down a little bit because they, they just, you know, Gallinari, Bogdanovich, Herder, Reddish, Hunter. It's like, who do you play night tonight? out of those guys. They're all kind of the same. Not really, but, you know, one guy can be the – any of those guys on a given night can be one of the best players on the floor. Any of those given guys in a given night can be totally mediocre. So I I think they got to figure out who they're going to play and then just kind of play them, and somebody's going to be left out, maybe maybe a player and a half. But, um, you know, they're – they're still not a good defensive team. They're really not. And they should be better with Capella and with DeAndre Hunter. But something missing with the Hawks right now. Well, how many and how many times, and I think the Hawks are in this mode now, where because they went the extra round, because they were in the conference finals, I mean, it felt last night almost like the Warriors were gunning for them. For as much yeah. as uh, as much as other teams we've seen over the years, maybe not as much the last couple years, have been gunning for the Warriors as a team that was getting a lot of play and had won championships. Like I, I could see the Warriors last night thinking these guys, these guys think they're a contender. Like right. you know, and I, I'm talking right. about Steph and Draymond and, and Iguodala and the guys that have that have actually been contenders right. year in year out and won. See, I think, and I think. That's where Curry comes in. Because I think if, you know, it was obvious Curry was 
Like he can set a tone and then everybody gets wound up. He was you know trying what I mean? to go off. I felt like he right. was trying to go off last night at the beginning. Right. Well, what he took 28 shots, you know, that's a lot for him. It's a lot for anybody, but I guess what I'm saying is that you, okay. You said it, you, you felt like he wanted to go off. Well, if you can feel that watching the game, his teammates certainly know that. And there's just something about, you know, playing with a guy who's the best player on the floor and he's motivated. It's just so fun to play with a guy like that, you know, because the whole team then gets into it. And I think you're right. You know, next thing you know, Draymond and Iguodala are saying, who are these guys? You know, who are these guys? And they go out and they, they go 41 to 20 in the third quarter and it's, it's over. Um, they're, there's something about this team and they know exactly like they are. It feels like they're in mid season form is what it feels like. Yes. You know what I mean? feels like they've feels like they've already played 45 games together and are like, you know what? We know how to do. You remember last year when, when Kerr finally decided we got to play small yeah. and you know, they were, I think they were 24 and 28 at one point last year, the Warriors, I think yeah. might've been four under and they figured out how to play sh- cut the rotation to eight, play in small, and they and they just figured it out. They figured that out three games into the season. This is the way they're going to play. And they may as well be, you know, we may as well be in February right now. Yeah, the, the 24 and 28 was the low mark, and then they went 15 and five down the stretch to, to flip it and, and get into the play-in. Final couple of minutes here, John Dickinson, Matt Steinmetz, our Warriors weekly podcast for 95-7 the game Warriors are sitting now at nine and one they've even got it dialed with hey you know what Iguodala you're gonna take this night off and we got it covered and oh Otto Porter's not gonna play this night of the back-to-back we got got that covered like that's like they're getting to the point already where you can see they even have a plan for picking and choosing right you know, to your point, and, and look, it's different. You're talking about the Hawks. The Hawks have yeah. young players that want to play 30 a night, but the Warriors have a lot of similarly talented players that probably all think they could be playing 25 a night. Right. But yet, it's which nights are guys going to play 12 versus 18? And I, I know we talked about that a little bit last week, but Steve Kerr's managed that uh, pretty pretty effectively to, to this well, point. But, but the one way the Warriors can manage that, and you're right, is – to actually just give guys nights off. Yes. You know, guess what? I don't have to worry about getting 15 minutes for Otto Porter last night. He's taking the day off. Iguodala is going to miss 20 games like that, at least, I would think. Whatever, 20 or so games like that. Well, guess what? He's not going to admit, like, he's not going to bitch about not getting minutes in a night he doesn't play. You know what I mean? So it, it almost naturally keeps a tighter rotation if one guy's taking the night off. And and I think I think we'll see that with Porter. I think we'll see it with uh, obviously with Iguodala. I think we met, we'll probably see it with Clay when he comes back. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised if if Draymond gets a little of that too. To tell you the truth, they may pay a higher price for that. But um, no, I think I think guys are going to be managed well. Two two things I wanted to get to here. One one just on Wiggins, because I know there's been some, you know, we've talked about everything that's going well. Uh, and then I got to ask you about this Markeith Morris Jokic thing like that. That was something I had to get. I had to get your take on before we get out of this, but Wiggins first, man, uh, his numbers are, are down at this point, but 
But so what? Like, it's kind of my right. take. Like, his numbers are down because these other players we're talking about are getting theirs, and they're getting theirs efficiently, and Wiggins can just kind of be Wiggins, and it's okay. It's not killing him. Like, I, like, I don't want to hear, but but what about Wiggins, and how's he going to get his – like, he's just not going to get his numbers. To me, that was as predictable as anything coming into this season that if the Warriors were going to be more successful – Wiggins' numbers were probably going to be going down as a byproduct of that. Yeah, and and the beauty of it is that I don't think Wiggins cares, J.D. I really don't think he cares. Should we care? Should the fans care then? I guess no. it's kind of my question. Um, well, the, the fans are going to care because, because, you know, the numbers are a big part of it. But, I, I no, they shouldn't care. I mean, I think was it, I think you were the guy who said, well, what if Wiggins just turns into a guy who averages 14 a game but is really good defensively? Perfect. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Who cares if you're paying him $30 million? Because exactly. the, if you can make up for it in other ways, it doesn't matter. It's like in baseball. you got a $30 million <laughs> player sometimes that doesn't do a whole lot, but because of the, the salary rules, you might have a guy making 500 k that's awesome. So it just yeah. – you know, it's it's funny. I always and Jim Barnett, the great Jim Barnett, always used to say, "Your greatest strength is your biggest weakness," and it, that's the way it is with Wiggins. What's his biggest weakness? Well, he tends to glide through games. He not the most aggressive guy. Well, guess what? On a team like this, that turns into maybe his greatest strength is that he's able to adjust to going from a twenty point per night score to 14 or 15 and it's not going to impact anything else so um he's looking like a good good fit on this team too and and you know they got a lot of personalities and he's he's not one of them um i think he likes it that way i i think he likes drift not drifting but blending in and not sticking out uh yeah, I, I think it's just a not and, and it's only gonna go down in terms of the numbers when, when Clay comes back. So to me that's right. another reason that's another reason to not worry about it because you've got in theory more efficient scoring that's gonna be coming back. All right, final thing here uh on on the pod. Uh, I actually happened to be watching this live as it happened. End of the game last night in Denver, the game's decided, and you got Markeith Morris, who's on the heat. And Jokic is bringing the ball up center court. And, and Markeith Morris gives him kind of an elbow, shoulder, body, knee bump, kind of to the ribs. It's Look, it's a borderline. It, to me, that's a dirty – it's a dirty play. And, and if right. you watch the Morris twins, we've talked a lot about them. Markeith Morris does that, kind of undercuts him, takes a little cheap, hard take foul at center court. And I'm thinking in the moment – before anything happens, if I'm Jokic, I'm blasting this guy. Like, that was right. exactly what I thought. Like, you know what? I don't even care if I get ejected because the game's over. I'm going to blast this guy and be like, uh-uh, pal. And, right. then, and Jokic blasts him right. from behind, right. blasts him. Everybody, you know, people are talking, well, why did Markeith Morris get well, Markeith Morris got ejected because he hit – there were two dirty plays right. in this instance. Right. And 
So I just, just your general thoughts on that. I know that, and then the brothers of Jokic, who are just massive human beings that seem to be likes to fight guys. Um, right. I'm going at it with Marcus Morris, who who called it out for being dirty, not not facing uh, right. his brother. Right. So the brothers are involved. And look, I I'm just gonna say this: Markeith Morris had it coming, and I would have done the same thing if I were Jokic. <laughs> yeah. Now now Marcus. Uh, is the next one to have it coming. Those guys have been, that's been 10 years building. You ever see the, uh, you ever see the clip of Ken Benson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? It was actually Ken Benson's first game in the NBA and he hits Jabbar with an elbow and it doubles over Jabbar and Jabbar just walked up on him and punched him right in the face <laughs> and Benson went down. I, I, it was it was exactly the same kind of thing. Like he he wasn't right behind him, but he just came up beside him and besides him and blast him. And look, should he have done it to his face? Yeah, but the, the Morris brothers still have dished out more than they've taken. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's it was the sign of a guy like Jokic, who I'm, I'm sure was was kind of tired of, of of some of the garbage he's dealt with, but also right. like me and you, he's watching the league. Exactly, and he sees some of the some of the antics that you get on a regular basis from Markeith Morris. Now, look, it it probably needs to stop here, and we don't need a brawl between brothers. Or and, right. and Jokic is going to get suspended. How many games? Like five games, maybe? Oh, maybe I think it, I think it's good. Nah, I was thinking two or three, believe two it or not. Two or three. Yeah. Okay. All right. Two or call. three. So we'll, 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 keep, uh, we'll keep tabs on that. Good stuff, my man. Yeah. Uh, I know you got a show to get ready for, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk again. I'm, I'm thinking after the Brooklyn game, we'll, we'll do this Okay. maybe next Wednesday for, for episode four, kind of keep it in tip with the, with the big games. Uh, Sounds good, buddy. And Steiny, our Warriors Weekly Podcast in the books. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.